Hey heathens, it's a great day to listen to a podcast about apostasy and doubt and drifting away from the faiths of our youths, wouldn't you agree? One of the many fantastic things about this podcast, he said with no bias whatsoever, is that you can generally jump in wherever, since each episode is its own self-contained, unique conversation with a different person. However, if this happens to be your first visit to Heathen, may I suggest that this time you first check out last week's episode, which is titled, This Hurts and It Feels Like Love. Because what you're about to listen to on today's episode is actually part two of the conversation that Karen Thurston and I started last week. So if you haven't heard part one, go ahead and hit that previous episode button. Don't worry, I'll wait. Done? Good. Got it. Let's hear the rest of what Karen has to say and... I mean, my freaking goodness, y'all, isn't she the absolute best? I'm still processing all of the great stuff I learned from her. And I hope that you find yourself having some of the same soul-building, goodness-affirming moments that I had listening to her share her story. So let's not put it off anymore. Ladies and gents and beautiful non-binary folks, Karen Thurston. Spiritual Conversations for the Godless. I'm Matthew Blake. Welcome to Heathen. The word they use is deconstruction. The reason I know that word is the reason I'm writing this story because there were voices, holy, wise voices, that whispered it to me as I mourned and panicked and dug bleeding through my mountain of glass that had been the god home of my first 30 years. Those who had thrown their own stones before me gave me language and tools, books and a people and a place to grieve. They gave me the outcasts and the questioners. They gave me grace and hope. And perhaps most precious of all, they gave me permission. Permission to be terrified permission to be angry, permission to continue slinging the stones that were breaking my own heart for as long as I needed to, permission, holy, wise permission, not to hide or flee. You are still worthy. We still see you. You still belong here. Even if you can never put this house back together, even if God never shows up to put it back together for you, take your time, do the work. Long walks, baby doll. No pretending. Those voices lifted the weight of damnation from my shoulders. They lifted it so I could get up off the floor. I never did any rebellious things as a teenager. Like... Really, I don't think there's anything I did before the age of 20 that my parents didn't know about, like in real time. Like, not that I told them later, you know, when they couldn't do anything, but like, I legitimately never did anything questionable as a teen. Um, So I started to do kind of rebellious things, like listening to atheists talk about things, God forbid. Um, I went down a YouTube spiral. This is why I think... This is a good, like, the world is so dang beautiful story. I went down a YouTube spiral 
and like most things with YouTube, I have no idea how I got, this should be like YouTube's motto. <laughs> how the hell did I get here? I don't know. Um, but I don't know how I got there, but I landed on these videos um, that were made by this guy. His name is Scott Clifton. Um, he's a soap opera actor. My mom loves General Hospital. And he was on General Hospital. He was like, I was a Days of Your Lives man. Oh, uh, he was he was on sick days, but nice. He was I grew up like my mom's been watching General Hospital since before I was born. Mm. Like since it was a radio show. Oh, um, I didn't even know that. I know. Since the dawn of time for wow. General Hospital. So she's in deep. Like that's these are her people, right? Um, <laughs> yeah, and which is great. So I was really familiar with these people growing up. This kid was Dylan Quartermain on General hospital for a while so I recognized his face and he has these YouTube videos and he is just a humanist atheist and he's pretty hard on religion and just like wants to gently sort of point out the ridiculousness of Mm. some of these things because I think that you grow up in Christianity and you kind of normalize a lot of these things like I legitimately believed that all the animals in the world were on a boat yeah for like a long time and that they literally came in like a line yeah, like two by two. Until I was much too old to like not know that that's not physically possible. Absolutely. You know? Like the laws of physics have no place here. Suspension yeah. of disbelief is really yes something I'm very good at apparently. <laughs> um, but I just watched him for like an hour, just like ripping into all these things. And he was there's something about him that is so even in like his harshness, his eightness. I'm pretty sure he's got to be an eight. Um, he was very, there's something very warm and gentle and like disarming mm. about him. And it just made me feel really peaceful mm. and safe. And I walked away from that and like this whole rant of stuff I totally disagreed with, just being like, huh, there's really beautiful stuff on the other side of yeah. this. So what makes this cool is I actually, uh, I work for a baby wearing company sometimes. Baby wearing is when you put a baby in a carrier on your body like a backpack and yeah. walk around. Um, but I do events for them and I did an event in LA um, a month ago and uh, they had like a celebrity thing in the beginning with a bunch of soap opera people and he was there <laughs> and I got to fit his baby in a carrier and then I got to be like, okay, I won't make it weird for you right now but your YouTube videos. And he was like, oh God. Because <laughs> like, I'm sure I'd be scared too of uh, some random person and I was like, no, it just made me feel peaceful and safe and he was like oh wow we had this great conversation about it but I was just like how do I not like be madly in love with a world where like I deconstruct I watch this random kid's YouTube videos because he was on a soap opera and then like I actually get to tell him that like his YouTube videos about his staunch atheism helped me feel safe to rebuild God mm-hmm. <laughs> in my mind like that's cool. In a baby wearing booth. Like, that's beautiful. That's a <laughs> lovely thing. Like, it really is. And um, I love that, yeah. I love you. Like, how can I not madly be in love with this, this world? Because I feel like I straddle the line a lot yeah. of the times. Because I have that same tendency that, um, what is it, hardwired for heart swells, right? Mm-hmm. Why, what, did I say that right? Yeah, that's right. Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm into the We're going to make now. t-shirts, um, I feel like. Oh, fuck yes. Um, I love it. Yay! I'm so <laughs> happy. Yes. Uh, I, I have that. Like, I, you know, I can watch Fuller House. I've talked about that mm-hmm. on the podcast and how, like, just have, like, these... <laughs> Which I can't do. That's, like, where oh, really? my line is. You're I'm like, like no. oh, God. It's too much. <laughs> it is. It's, it's too way easy. Too much. All their problems are too easy. Um, yeah, it's funny, the things that will set me off. Or... But, but then I also, like... 
hyper cynical and critical too at the same right. time. So I, I feel like I'm on this, I don't know. So I just get pulled in different directions about things. So I love that there are people who are the hopeless Pollyannas yeah. <laughs> because, because you totally do like help me, like point me to like, remind me that I don't have to, I don't have to stay in the cynical place. Like I don't have to, because there's a weight and a burden to that. Like right. it's not comfortable. It's not, I mean, I guess, I guess it's soothing in some ways, like when you want to, when you want to feel justified about your whatever, resentment, the anger, the thing, you know, the things that happen to you in the world, it's soothing to sit in it, in it, but it's not like, it's not like I'm, it's not fulfilling. I'm not happy. It's not Mm. good. I don't want to wake up in that the next day. Right. So I don't know all that to say. Hardwired for heart swells is a really good t-shirt. <laughs> would be a really good t-shirt. I like that. I, mean, I, I like that. I'm like, oh, I wrote that. It would be a great t-shirt. <laughs> it just would be. Um, now I have a friend who, so like last night with the election, uh, with Doug Jones. Yes. Right. So like, I feel like this played out really nicely on my Facebook wall where like, I, I had actually gone pretty dark cynical on that. Like, Me I was too. real sure that this was... Absolutely. I was completely 100% prepared. I wasn't going to look. For a pedophile like, in... Yep. Yeah, that was done in, house, in my yeah. mind. And I just... I Like, Noel asked me about it in the morning, and I was just like, oh, so I don't want to talk about this. I don't care. Like, yeah. I just can't... I can't give it any more energy. Like, yeah, yeah. This is, it sucks. Yeah. Um, and so when uh, the results came in, and when Doug Jones is a winner, like, I just relief cried about that yep. and I was just like this tiny bit of hope like yeah. I'm so surprised and hopeful and then I had I put this on Facebook and I had my friends who were just like it was so close though like it sucks so bad that it yeah. was so close and I, and I got into a little conversation with a good friend of mine where I was just like she was like I'm not there yet where I can be happy and I'm like I think it's really like I need you to check that in me because mm. I will pendulum so quickly to yeah. the, the, the like let's celebrate this yes. and she's like I need your enthusiasm and I was like that's I think the people that I'm in relationship that I'm most grateful for are the people who counterweight that in me and kind of pull me back yeah. and like whoa girl it's like, all of it it's all all of that is legitimate right know? it's absolutely legitimate to look at it and say this is so so disheartening look at how close this was look at how many people look at the stats look at the difference in experience like like what a life experience is between black people and white people oh my in god. Alabama because right. that was the dividing line oh my god yeah and how tragic is that or and to, white women what what I know, I know. Uh, yeah what you you let me know when you figure that out because I haven't even I I, I am one yeah. I don't know I like, can't I I I have no and I'm, I mean, not to just play the mom card, because, like, obviously people who aren't parents can also be horrified, but, right, like... Right. Yeah. What... Yeah. What it... I don't know. I don't know how... I don't know how people find Jesus. Like, watching him get up and just, like, quote Bible passages. Like, it I... My so stomach angry. was turning. Like, I was like, this is so... This is everything that I want to throw yeah. against the wall. Like, yeah, this is all of it. Totally. This is all the stuff I want to drop kick. So when you, like, when that is where you're coming from, it's totally okay to, like, swing, even if it's just for a moment. <laughs> even if it's just for a morning. We got one. Yeah, we got one. It was Thank a win. You. Like, let's celebrate it. Thank you, black women and men of Alabama. Absolutely. 
thank you Absolutely. for saving us from our freaking selves oh. on that. Um, we need you and we see you. Yeah. And we owe you. God, so much. We have owed you, obviously, for forever. Right. And um, no, I got in my, uh, I got in a lift this morning to, on the way to work, and it was a, a lift line, so there was another passenger in the car, and like I just couldn't help myself. Like, <laughs> I did the thing you're not supposed to do in a lift. Talk about just politics. Like, I, did, I was like, so did we all wake up really happy this morning that there's not a pedophile in the in Congress? <laughs> and you know, fortunately, I got picked up in Hillcrest, and you know, everybody was like super. You knew you were pretty safe. Yeah, I'm like, it was fine. Yeah. Um, and we had we had a great, I had a great like happy like <laughs> lift ride to work with strangers this morning, right. celebrating right. the victory. Uh, yes, please. Sorry, I should. No, I you're filled fine. Your glass already. It's fine. Um, but yeah, you need it's it's all legitimate, and right. it's okay to have more than one feeling about something. And that's yes. what we don't get to do a lot of times no. in our culture today. So everything is more than one thing, like yeah. that, and that was the hardest. Like, I've spent the vast majority of my life trying to live in the one right way to live. Mm. Like, just trying to live a right life in the best right way. Um, And butting up again and again against, like, this gut instinct that, like, there probably isn't a right way. Outside of a very vague, um, like, maybe do your best not to hurt people you know, mm-hmm. and like yeah. generally try to take care of others and the world, yeah. but kind of outside of that, tell the truth when you can tell it and when it doesn't yeah. burn, you know, <laughs> and like, or at least not burn up other people other than you. Um, but like outside of that, I loved what you, was it you and Matt, Matt Heck? Matt Heck, yeah, yeah. This, this week. Yeah. And you were talking about um, everybody being at a different point in the universe. Yeah. yeah I love that because like, that rings really true. Like we're all participating in the same thing, but in such a nuanced, different way that like, there's no way that I could possibly say that my way of doing this is going to be the best way for you. Yeah. Cause like there, every single tiny decision you've ever made has created a totally different world for you. And yet like when I get to know you, I get a little bit of your vision and I get a little bit of mm-hmm. your perspective on the yeah. universe. Then I get a, a, a more complete picture. Yes. And that's what I loved about, like, when I started ripping all these things apart. This is a great transition. When I started ripping all these things apart, back on topic. Woo, yes. You did it. Um, and when I started tearing all these things down, and I did. I read, like, the Bhagavad Gita. And I listened to all of the atheist things. And it was all of that that kind of made me start seeing, okay, like, there's still, even if I take away, like, this specific story that I've been trying to believe my whole life, or that I have easily believed for most of my life, um there's something that we're all experiencing that's similar. Mm -hmm. Like there is some, I don't know what to call it yet. I don't, I mean, God, I guess. Yeah. But like, our language is so limited, but but there's something there that we're, that we're all tapping into and that we're all seeing. I mean, so much of like the Gita reads like the Bible, like it's all very like, I'm the alpha and the omega. And I wanted to be Mm. with people so much that like this version of God came like to be with people because Mm. I'm like, this is very familiar. Yeah. Um, and that was the thing that sort of started to bring back this idea of God in some form for me. It was just like, oh, I feel like there's maybe something under all of this, but yeah. I think it's much bigger than the sort of hyper-focused story that I've been given. You know, like whatever God is, it's much bigger mm-hmm. than 
mm-hmm. like Amazing Grace, you yeah. know. Although maybe that's the point, <laughs> but yeah. Amazing Grace is a terrible example because it's pretty close. Um, <laughs> but there, I I do like. It took me going all the wrong places to start to get to an answer that allowed me to like come back to believing in something. And by uh, wrong places, you mean the places that were wrong in my like idea in, of in our yeah of yeah my I believe in Jesus only yeah. mode. Yeah. Here is what was lost, my sure, still belief, my clear place in a creed, my hard and fast definitions of self, of God, of Jesus, of salvation, of redemption, the clear-hearted way I called myself Christian, the part of me that was confident in her place in the world and her role, the part of me that was sure of her rightness, the part of me that was sure of heaven, the part of me that was sure. Someone reminded me recently that we do well not to trample each other's journeys. Each of us has enough to manage trying to navigate our own. I know many people who I respect, trust, and admire who have stayed there, for whom God has died and they have not needed him to return. I honor that story. But me? I am hardwired for heart swells. I am awe and wonder-oriented, and losing the magical god-force of pattern and intention behind the veil of this place has never been holy in the cards for me. I am not me without God. I'm not me without the part of me that is part of a bigger story. So, here is what remains. Once I stopped trying to glue my shattered stained glass Jesus image back together, I started looking for Jesus in the stones. I started finding God in the sky on the other side of the window, in the fresh air coursing through the creaking frame that remained of my precious glass God home. Waiting patiently at the end of every terrifying question, I found the same God, the same echoes of love and resurrection. Love and resurrection with a thousand different names and tradition. Love and resurrection written into the natural world, written generously and expansively into the framework of every taboo path I chased. I found God in atheist podcasts and Buddhist proverbs and Celtic ceremonies, in moon cycles and hard questions and goddess lore and feminism and philosophy and the wrong places and the right ones. And yes, in the Bible and in Jesus and in the arms of the humans in our new church home all of them humming the same unbreakable echoes of love and resurrection, all of them humming the same relentless songs. Heart of my own heart, whatever befall, it is well, it is well, it is well. I still don't know what to do with Jesus. I like Jesus a lot. Um, I still feel like I don't have much of a right to Jesus anymore. Like mm. I feel like because I am not super clear on where Jesus fits in the role the of deity, of <laughs> like who yeah. I, that I'm like, people will say I'm having this, this Jesus thing is happening, and I still feel a little bit like. Ugh. Yeah, I get super cringy if, you, yeah. if, you, if anybody says it's a Jesus thing, or yeah. And I don't know. I see Jesus in you. Like okay. Like, I see, yeah, I see Buddha in you. Like, right. what? Like, like, okay, but why? I, I just want to ask questions. I'm like, okay, but why Jesus? Like, why are you, 
what is it about Jesus that you're like, what is that, that, what do you mean when you say Jesus? Like, what do you, what, what does that word mean? Um, which is where I came to with a lot of the Christian words. Like, what do you, what does that mean? What does it mean? What's underlying? What are we saying when we say that? What does prayer mean? You know, like what, what do you mean by that? You pray for me. Like, what Mm -hmm. is that? What does that mean? Does that just mean you wish something different? Like wish or yeah, right. Like, like <laughs> intention is it yeah or, or just care or, or is that you just, just that love I, me. I'm just gonna care for you, yeah. right? And, and like in a way that you need, in a way that you ask me to, right? I super want to know how God talks to people. God does yeah. not talk to me. I've never heard the voice of God, yeah. and like I'm really curious about that. Like that's yeah. I've, I ha- I feel like I've had those just a couple moments. I think I talked about one of them on this before but but it, yeah it's like okay well that happened once so it's easy enough if you're gonna try to be circumspect about it like it's easy enough to say well okay there was something hmm. any number of, of variables could have been the the reason I felt like I heard right like literally heard voices but at the same time if we are truly trying to grow and learn to trust our gut and our gut isn't Satan right <laughs> um <laughs> Like, my gut tells me that something happened in that moment. Yeah. So I'm totally, like, with you on the... We... I loved the image Matt Heck put out, too. This would have been uh, episode six or seven. Um, but he talked about... <laughs> I was watching him as he, like, can it, he kind of formulated his words around this thing. It was fascinating to watch because he, like, did it almost on the spot, it felt like. Or maybe, you know, maybe it was already his formalized theory, hmm. but whatever. It looked very impromptu, but it was really cool because he just talked about this ball. And yeah, like just grows two eyes over here on one side of it. And that's me. And I'm just like looking down at this thing that I'm attached to and in and part of. And oh, there's another pair of eyes like over the horizon. Like hmm. what can I get to them? And can I, you know, like what does it mean that we're both connected to the same thing, but right. we have a different perspective of it? Yeah. Um, I totally just lost the train of our conversation. What were we talking about? We were um, talking about Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> we were talking about, oh, God talking to you yeah, and God the voice talking. of God. Yeah. But I did want to get back to Jesus because um, I, haven't, I just haven't yet felt that, felt any, like, pull back to him. Hmm. Particularly. Yeah. Um, the last time I read the Bible was kind of my last ditch effort. Um, it would have been 2011, 12, somewhere around there. It was my last ditch. Um, like basically it was a promise to my papa, my grandfather, mm. um, to like give it one more shot and read it like cover to cover kind of thing, which I had never actually done. It's like, a lot of Bible. It is. Yeah. Mm. You know, Leviticus. I was like super familiar with it and had memorized large, large swaths of right. it. But you know, I just had never read it. Oh, I've never done it either. Story. And I did it, and um, it was like, it was kind of the nail in the coffin at the time. Mm. It was like, yeah, this is, there's so much bullshit in this in terms of like, because I was reading it with the eye of like a very critical eye towards like, how are people being treated? How are, how are, how are humans treating each other? And, and there's like, people do awful things that seem to have been justified by their God in, right. in these stories. So especially the Old Testament, obviously. Um, so I was like, meh, I'm good. And, I've, and it, so I haven't, I just never have really gone back to it since. Oh, and I know what I was going to say. T- you talking about, you don't, you feel like tentative about your uh, having a claim. 
to do mm-hmm. this anymore. And yeah, like totally. It's so like I go back and forth with this internally all the time because I do feel very compelled to like not abdicate my place to someone else who is gonna um you know, say the opposite of what I want said right, in the church. Right. Right? Like, um, <laughs> yeah. It, like if, if, if there's any chance that I can stick it out and like be a voice to whatever percentage of people need my voice, like yeah. then I want to do that. Like that's the eightness, right? Like I want to be the one who, who can um, not give a shit and just like plow through and, and, be loud, just loud enough for people to hear me, who need to hear me to hear me. Hmm. Like, I don't care what gets hurled my way or what people say about me. So, um, in that regard, I'm like, I'm kind of like, well, okay, so if I don't believe about, if I, if I don't believe, like, the necessary things about Jesus, it's no big deal. Like, it, I just don't, I mean, I know I'm going to take heat for that, and that's just okay. Yeah. Um, but then the flip side of that coin is, like, but why? Like, why am I, if, if I truly don't, like, believe <laughs> that Jesus is special, then why do, do I do? bother? Yeah, what do you do with Jesus? Especially when Jesus has been, like, the centerpiece of yeah. the world forever. Yeah. Um, I hit on something. Oh, go ahead. Oh, I, I, guess, I guess I was just going to say, like, I think that's, believing that Jesus is special is the thing for me. Like, yeah. Because I can totally get on board with the good stuff that he did totally and the good messages that are there because he put them out there right um but having to believe anything specifically about him or you know worship him or any any of that stuff I'm just like there's so many other places that you can get the exact same story Mm -hmm. you can get the exact same application so Sorry. No, I loved, I actually, I found what Kate said on Sunday really helpful. Um, Just like the whole idea of Mm -hmm. like, we were never supposed to put Jesus over here and worship him. Yeah, that's true. We were supposed to be (laughs) Jesus. Like that's just what you're supposed to do is like be Jesus now. Um, That's the first time that I've ever heard anybody preach a sermon. Well, in a long time that I've heard somebody preach a sermon about Jesus where I was like, oh, yeah, like yeah. that, which, you know, Kate is always just like coming in. And if in and that's like, the case, then yeah, that's awesome and great. And right. like, sure, absolutely. Like make Jesus your, your, um, barometer. Yeah. Or what, like, like yeah. follow Jesus. Totally. Absolutely. Follow Jesus if that's how you're going to do it. But what, the second he's like the exclusive or the thing on the pedestal or the thing that, um, you try to limit access to in some way, shape or form, like there, mm-hmm. once there are rules around like who has access, who, you know, then I'm like, oh, no, fuck this. I'm Once it becomes the way that you're right. And yeah. that's the part yeah. about religion that always feels really human to me and not divine is that the, the right aspects that the, this is the only truth. We, this particular people have exclusive access to the truth so that we can then bestow it upon you in our wisdom. Like that's the part where I start to be like, Oh, that falls apart for me for like an, an all knowing benevolent God, you know, who's like, I'm going to give Israel the information. And like, if you're lucky enough to encounter Israel, like, great, (laughs) you too can know me. But if you're not like, screw you, I'm not going to talk to your culture, you know, like you guys, you guys are not the chosen people. And I was like, what's what's the deal with chosen people 
feels real human to me. Like that really, like that blasphemy, but it does. Like that feels really human. That feels like us just being like, no, we want to be right. Yeah. And we want to be powerful. Yeah. And we want to find power in our rightness. I kind of, (laughs) I came, so I use a lot of metaphor to get through life. Um, It's very important to me. And um, I figured out a way to kind of articulate how I feel about God lately now that and how what's different is I very much used to be in the personal relationship with Jesus and God vein where like God and Jesus are a a being that I am in relationship with him really like yeah. a, a dude in yeah. not necessarily in the sky but in some realm that I'm not in right outside of time yes. really big on like linear time and exiting that Time travel. My dad is a real like sci-fi geek. So there's a lot of time travel in my Christianity. It's great. So, <laughs> Doctor Who in the Bible. I love it. Um, the Apostle Paul like goes back to yeah, the, right. Because God, the Ark. <laughs> God is sort of like the ultimate time traveler, right? Mm. Um, so that was the it was this relationship piece that fell apart for me. I kind of stopped believing in God as a person. Mm. You know, God's yeah. personhood. Yeah. Um, but I, so I really like flash mobs. I'm like the, one of the 2% of the population who's still like <laughs> super excited to encounter a flash mob. I'm like, yes! It's my lucky day! This is amazing! Everyone else is like, oh God, another one. And I'm like, thank you! Michael Jackson is my jam! And, um, <laughs> like, giddy. So, but like there's an energy that happens in a, in something like that, in any sort of group participation thing where like, you start participating in this moving flash mob and like it has a purpose and there's a there's a specific energy that you are choosing to participate in, right? You're joining the dance. And like that's kind of how I'm defining God at this moment. Like instead of God being a person, like God is God is the dance. Mm-hmm. Like God is the mm-hmm. movement mm-hmm. and God is literally the energy that happens between me and you mm-hmm. when we participate together in that movement and like the the collective force of that dance, like together showing up in a place like that's, that's, that's a definition of God, like God being that magic thing that you feel in that. And then, so we're kind of creating and being invited to step into it at the same time. And like, it exists still if you step back from it, but you can step into it. Like you're not, it's not dependent on you. Like that energy continues in the world. That energy of the universe continues in the world, but like I get to jump in. And so then like I can put Jesus in that metaphor and just have him be somebody who's like real good at the dance, you know? So then he's just like somebody that I'm like, I want to stand behind this guy. Cause he's like doing this so well. And like, look at the people around him that are like <laughs> really feeling it. And like, I don't know, that's working for me right now. Like God is, instead of being a person that I'm in relationship with, God is a, movement that I'm participating in like the kingdom and God are sort of the same thing you know this idea of kingdom Did I, I feel like I just broke you no I'm sorry <laughs> I'm like, I, I went this, down like, in a metaphor and this like, stoned look on my face the rabbit hole no it's because I I think I love it I think I think I absolutely love what you just said it's just I feel like it's a place to start for me like it's a, it's something yeah well, I and so it's felt like a cop out to me the past few times I've tried to talk about anything that I do believe, and I just keep falling on stumbling over the word connection. Mm. Like I believe in connection. Like what is that? Right. But um, 
but you just articulated something that I think I, I like that I just haven't been able to. I think. Maybe, yeah. I'm, I'm always I mean, hesitant so. to like make anything declarative, right. but you'll um, hate it tomorrow. But yeah, for now, but for now, well, that's very if I'm if I'm learning to trust my gut, my gut is saying, yeah, like of course, God is a flash mob, right? <laughs> Which is t-shirt, t-shirt number, number two. two. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, goodbye. Uh, oh my God, I love it. Uh, I love it. I found God there too in my own broken heart, in my self-shaming arms hurling stones, in the holy science of their velocity and arc, and even in the walls that came tumbling down. I am wrong about many things, and this is a work in progress. I'm frequently finding new hurts to trip over, new work to do, and I'm not always particularly graceful about it. We have a lot to talk about, and I have no answers. I am learning to be okay with not having any answers. I am learning to be okay with the sting of the words, I'm not really sure what I believe about God right now. I'm not really sure what to call myself. I'm not really sure at all. I don't know what I believe about the details of the story, but I suspect the heart and the point of it remain the same. We are loved and made for it. We belong to love and we are surrounded by achingly beautiful patterns of resurrection. I don't know what to call this wide-open great big God thing I'm finding, but I think the shattered glass God of my first 30 years might be within and part of it, and that is enough, and that's okay for now. I'm not alone, and maybe the only thing I know for sure, my love, neither are you. When you've been asking people that question, that what do you believe question, I which I started asking people, I, this is part of our whole like, oh, you're me, it's great. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, better at telling people the truth. Um, <laughs> good on you. Um, but like, that's a question that I started asking people a couple years ago, and it's not my favorite thing mm. to ask people. I asked our tour guide, I was in Morocco this year and in the Sahara with this guy who like spoke very limited English, but a decent amount of Spanish. So we had this weird way of communicating. I asked him that question. I'm like, tell me one thing you believe is true. Like, what's one thing that you just absolutely believe? And he's like, I hate you. I'm like, what? <laughs> what kind of tourist are you? Like, I'm not I was waiting for some amazing like revelation he from the Moroccan. Completely <laughs> shut me down. He refused. I was with this guy for three days, and he just like completely refused to answer the question. So I taught him like Sweet Caroline instead. I'm like, we're, going. <laughs> we're just gonna Let sing me share some my songs on camels. <laughs> also, you need to know how to properly use the phrase "all y'all," even though I've never. Never set foot in most of the South. Um, it's okay. The South doesn't own it. No, right? No. It's a great... Yeah. All y'all is a great yeah, phrase. It, I feel like it's actually the correct... Like, it should, it should be the correct... And it's delightful. It's fun to say. Yeah. And, yeah. like, cheers people up. Mm-hmm. All y'all, come on over there. Oh, that's <laughs> cute. Um, anyway, I love that question. <laughs> Even when I'm badgering people with it. <laughs> I'm just gonna. I'll keep that tucked away. Maybe. Sweet Caroline is always. That's that's the out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you don't want to talk about this? Okay. Well, 
Here we go. Let's just sing some. Sings everyone Neil, together. Neil Diamond, right? I have no idea. I'm really bad at that game. Yeah, me too. Unless they were like pop Christian artists. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Too. Great. Uh, well, speaking of, we mm-hmm. said we weren't going to get out of here without singing mm. an Amy Grant song. An right? Amy Grant song. <laughs> yeah, which one? Mm, tell me. What's, uh... Tell me about your Amy Grant. Like, what is. You, you mention, you reference Amy Grant. Almost every episode? A lot. <laughs> yeah, she comes up a lot, which is funny. Like, I have I have in my mind, like, a handful of people that are my Amy Grant people. But, like, <laughs> you've now joined a club. I'm in that like, I have friends for you if you ever need them. Um, I do. Yeah, I'm I always, know a couple I'm of people. I'm happy for some more Amy Grant. My friend Joe Greenitz. Joe, if you listen to this, message Matthew, and you guys can sing Breath of Heaven together. And oh, it will that's be... The, and it's Christmas so right now. So I requested it for beer and hymns. I know. Yeah, I saw that. No one sang it. I cannot comment because I, I was not responsible for picking any, any of those songs. Where were you so, on uh, that? <laughs> Could have gone rogue. Yeah. Um, well, I still have one more um, service that I'm doing music for before Christmas. Okay, so it great. Could, that could, and Mariah Carey, those are my requests. Still have that. These are my two. Sorry. <laughs> Get out. Yeah. Um, okay, no, but seriously, like, tell me tell me who Amy Grant is in your life. Oh, my God. Like, I, here's the thing. I didn't even know. No, I guess I knew. Like, it was always just so kind of jokey that I loved Amy Grant until this podcast. And then, like, I'm, oh, like, I actually... <laughs> I really do. She actually kind of is my, like, spirit animal, shaman, whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I feel like she was this... I feel like I was learning low-key feminism from her early mm. on. Like, and I and, and it was kind of... <laughs> Trojan horse, you know. It's like Amy Grant as a revolutionary. I love it. Yeah, even though it's like anybody, I think most people looking at her would be like, uh, no, she's Subtle. totally part of the system, whatever. But like, I don't know. Like, some of her songs are real. Like, the song um, on Heart in Motion about. Um, <sighs> I'm supposed to be the. I know. Well, I'm really. I'm over here worried that you're gonna like reference a song that I don't remember, and then I'm gonna be like, I'm a (laughs) fraud. No, it's the one about. It's like the really painful, hard song about the girl who's basically sexually abused by. I think it's a stepdad. Oh Um, God, I really don't remember. Yeah, it's on Heart in Motion. Um, Ask me if I think there's a God up in the heavens. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's familiar. That song is about. Wow. It's, she's, she's asking that question in 19-whatever, like 94, hmm. I don't know, like whenever I, no, that would probably even earlier because I think that was middle school for me. So like, um, that was, yeah, that's the song. Ask me if I think there's a God up in the heavens. Where did he go in the middle of her pain, in yeah. the middle of her shame? Oh God, I remember this now as you're saying it. Yeah. I never, Amy I never Amy Grant was fucking deconstructing this. in 1994. <laughs> And doing well, it. she really was like she oh, was. Of course, in the, she was. She was yeah. in the middle of all of that. Yeah. Like I feel, I really have a. I mean, Amy, if you're out there, I feel like we're the same. Also, mm. but um, it's funny. Like there was a. It, so I was always the Michael W. Smith kid. Mm, I love and him too. My yeah. sister was the Amy Grant kid. <laughs> like that was the division of music in our household. <laughs> um, so like my Amy Grantness is sort of like tangential. You know, sort of one step removed from my sister but I very much remember like Amy Grant falling from grace and like that Mm -hmm. whole like oh well now she's Mm -hmm. we can't engage Amy anymore because like she we're so because it's that 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 
the attitude of Christianity that I find so baffling now when people are like, well, and because I'm confronted by it frequently in my life, but when people are like, oh, you did a thing I wasn't expecting you to do, this is very hard for me. And I'm like, I don't really, like Amy Grant's divorce and that whole situation was very hard for people in a way that like doesn't make much sense to me now. Like I get it. I get why in the moment I remember like what that felt like, but being outside of that and like now being around other people who aren't devastated by other people's choices that don't really affect their lives. (laughs) You can't do whatever she wants to do. Like you go do your thing. Um, but I remember feeling like the, mm-hmm. the betrayal of that, you know? Yeah, I remember oh, feeling it or especially feeling like I should feel it. Right. But yeah. I, but I never didn't feel connected to her or like feel, I felt deeply bad for her. Like I, yeah. I, I wanted to like be there for her right. when she went through it because even back then I think I was like, I don't know what I was reading or was tuned into, but I, it was enough to know that like, I guess I could just read that it what that it didn't equal the sin that I had been told that a divorce always equaled or right. that infidelity always equaled. Right. It just I, I was like, no, that's not what this is. Like, you can see, like I, I don't know. My mom would have said, you know, like you, the heart is deceitful above all things, and you can't trust what you can't trust her right. lyrics. <laughs> right. But I'm like, but no, these lyrics have like guided me, and right. they are my. Well, so. that's like. How long did we have? <laughs> Twelve more hours. But like that's that's a huge. What just happened? I don't know. Did it? Die? It says we've been going for an hour and forty, and I swear to God, I just looked and it said an hour eight. Well, Amy Grant. Did thirty minutes just pass while we <laughs> talked about Amy Grant? <laughs> I don't think so. But you're gonna have to edit this shit for sure. I'm just maybe this will just be um, whatever. You anyway. just edit. It's fine. Everyone who knows me will be like, well, that's not surprising. <laughs> um. But that's an interesting... Like, I'm really drawn, um, as a human, just to people who have messy lives and kind of complicated paths yeah. and not, like, perfect lives. Because yeah. there's something about perfect lives I'm just like, mm. You Been know, there, done that. The poet in me is like, well, boring. Yes. Um, yeah. Like, do something. <laughs> Live a little. But, um, like, it's such an important question. Like, does it matter? When someone does something you don't expect them to do, does it negate... Like, does it undermine their credibility? Does it take away, like, um, I mean, aren't the lyrics the lyrics? Like, aren't they just what they are and what they are to you, regardless of what the hell Amy Grant is doing with herself 10 years later after she wrote it? Like, it doesn't, like, we all are doing wonderful and horrible things Mm -hmm. all of the time. And if you want people who only do good things to be your mentors, like... Mm -hmm good luck with that yeah well and for me I'm the same way like I love the the messy journey um and and so there's been so many people Jennifer Knapp who I listened to mm-hmm. um growing up and Nicole then, Nordeman. Know, she went to Nicole Nordeman that song yeah but like all these people are coming mm-hmm. back and you know Jennifer Knapp came back and just and and was a lesbian and was like mm-hmm. this is my life now and it made those songs that much sweeter to me honestly yeah. like I was able to go back and listen to because I hadn't listened to so much of my, you know, high school CCM stuff ever as an adult because that's what I'm deconstructing and getting away from. Right. But I was able to take that back into my experience and be like, I was here too. I was in the same place Jen was. And now, and look at her journey and how inspiring that is. And I can still, like, appreciate what that was for me at the time. And, like, Derek Webb right now. Did you, did you listen to Cadence Call at all? 
Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, he's, he was one of uh, the members of Kim is Call and then uh, did his own thing, so has done his own solo thing for a long time. But he uh, right now has a new podcast he's doing called The Airing of Grief. And his latest album is basically his coming out hmm. as, you know, faithless in some way, shape, or form. And he, he's, he's deconstructing. Right. But his big thing right now is like, um, you know, there's so much expectation for, for you when you when you say something like this that, you know, I don't believe anymore to get your shit together really quickly or come up, like, what is, then what, did, what, what do you do believe? do you believe? Yeah, right. like, and, and you have a lifetime of living this thing and then you're expected to build it back up. This is, these are his words. You're expected yeah. to build it back up in 18 months and, like, and be done. Right. And that's just not how it fucking works. No. Um, so I'm super appreciative. So that, we can do our, like, podcast recommendations now if you want because that's a big one. It's called <laughs> The Airing of Grief. It's one. Derek Webb. It's great. Um, Jennifer Knapp has a book called Facing the Music that tells her story. That's I love amazing. it. I didn't know that, and I'm super excited about that. Yeah. There's this Kate and Colby show. I don't know if you've heard of that. Uh, Kate and Colby show. It's got a really great producer. <laughs> the producer is fantastic, <laughs> and it's great. I don't know. Now I can't think of it. I was just listening. I actually did. So, like, their episode this week, which um, is Saying No. Uh-huh. Uh, losing your tribe and yoga for kids is the name of the episode. Right. I actually do like everybody should go listen to that. You episode. should. Absolutely. I, I had a little breakdown in the room with them as they're having this conversation. I kind of like just ducked my head under the table because I, it was so personal. Right. And so like, like it was personal for them, but it would like reached into my story and, yeah. and made me like, have to face some stuff about like feelings of the feelings of betrayal you were talking about Mm -hmm. and how I feel about my mom right now. And then, and like why I've asked her not to listen to this podcast. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I did that, um, that exercise too. Also picturing fable Mm. as one of the people that I was saying those things to you guys have to go listen to this. I'm not going to tell you what it all is, but, um, Lord, like, (laughs) so yeah, I had, I also completely lost it. (laughs) In that whole losing your tribe <laughs> situation. So um, if you enjoy crying, um, or even if you don't, or if you have ever struggled with like that feeling of uh, the tension between wanting to go home, but also not wanting to abandon mm. um, whatever it is you're pursuing and yeah. just like sat in that space, like, oh, it is an incredible just piece of work to do, I think. Yeah to go through that exercise I agree. That, that group that Kate did was like transformative for me the growing up girl mm-hmm. thing yeah which I've been like a, not a fan of women my whole life I've been like part of the patriarchy my entire life and undermining yeah. women every step of the way yeah. and I'm just like now kind of coming into recognizing that and being like wow look at that mm. huh <laughs> That's unfortunate. I know. Sorry. I know. I'm really sorry. It's funny because yeah for me like women have always been I mean, it's just, I don't know what it is for queer people, but, you know, like, gay men love their their women. And, yeah. and that's, that has always been true for me. So there's been, like, a... I think that's been the part that I have struggled with about about that. Coming to terms with my own innate misogyny or, or mm. whatever has been, like... But I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not real like... I love women. Like, I've always learned from women. They've always been, like, the most influential. They've always played the most influential role in my life. So I, I was, it was really easy for me to, like, brush off those feelings for a long time. But many times, like, I have thrown <clears throat> women under the bus 
to get in good with some guy, you know, because mm. I've always, I've always had a lot of male friends and I've always wanted to be like considered part of that crew and cool. And like a lot of times the way to do that is be like, girls and their drama, you know, and the whole thing. And like, the but girls are the best. Girls are okay, the best. Okay, like, let's best. just be clear. Like, it's real, and like, I, uh, man, that's hard for me to look at. Like, the number of times that I, and I do it to myself, yeah. you know? Yeah. Like, I really, like, I, I will throw that part of me under oh. the bus to fit in with the patriarchy, and like, yeah. that's bullshit. Yeah. Like, enough of that. And I think having a daughter has been the thing that like mm-hmm. really oh, brought a lot awesome. of these things to me where I was just like, oh. Especially your daughter. Right. I'm like, well, <laughs> so no, we're not doing that anymore because yeah. like I'm so completely on her team, whatever her team is. And I don't want, I don't ever want to be the one who tells her like, well, you know, you probably can't be a pastor. Yeah. Like, fuck that. Uh-huh. You know, like who? No. Oh, man. When, she can do whatever she wants to do. Um, Kate's Mother's Day message this year. Mm-hmm. Do you remember that oh one? Oh my God. That was like the best. Because that's the thing. Like it's not just like the feminine is not just in women, right? Like I can, I can participate in that too. I can yeah. be a mother. Right. Like I can mother people. What? Yeah. Like, so that like radical thought has been, I mean, and I don't, like, I don't have, like, gender, gender dis, any gender dysphoria or anything like that, but, sure. like, I have loved the permission I've gotten through Sojo and just over the past few years, like, reading women to, like, embrace, like, my mothering side, right. my, the feminine, like, whatever, the, the femme side, I don't know, like, it's, it's, like, it's just been so freeing and liberating because again, yeah, what society tells you you have to be based on your genitalia is yep. so restrictive and, and, and not healthy if that's not who you are. Right. Like, so I love the idea that, um, there's just like an endless number of genders. Yeah. You know, like gender totally. is, a, is a construct and it's not binary. A spectrum. I don't have to just be like, I mean, I know, like, I got the mustache, but I also have the nails, right? So, right. Like, yeah. Well, who cares? Like, if you were a god, this is the thing. Like, yeah. If, if you were a god with infinite creative potential, <clears throat> why the fuck would you create one identical story that everyone is supposed to live? Like, here's your life trajectory, and here's what you should do. You mm-hmm. should marry you know, someone of the opposite gender and then you should, you know, have offspring and then you should, like, that's a, it's a capitalist yeah. story. Yeah. Like, it's not, a, that's a, if you were, I mean, every infinite creative potential. Yeah. I have very limited creative potential and I don't want to write the same story twice. Of course. Like, boring. That's very yeah. boring and if I believe in the Imago Dei in any shape or form, like, if I believe that I'm created in the image of a creator, mm-hmm seems unlikely mm-hmm. I'm not gonna get there yeah. that like God's gonna get there but what's funny is like the, that liberating like freeing feminine like embracing that me too which is so <laughs> silly right but like I feel yeah. like I've been trying to fit into like the way that I've gotten in the room where it happens mm. in bro culture churches yeah has been to like really downplay emotion and really downplay anything that can be perceived as feminine wear a flannel shirt and go into, you know, and like go into that space and really like try to separate myself from feminine things so that I can be taken seriously. Uh. Ugh. (laughs) Thank God for Kate because she's a freaking warrior. She is. She's doing the the work. She's such a like little prophetic magic human on that whole 
I'm really, I text her like every day. <laughs> she's like, leave me alone. I'm like, I'm so grateful for you. I just, uh, everything you said. She's like, okay, fangirl, please. Please be still. I'm like, I don't know. That's wonderful. I can't do it. So. So. All right, well. This has been so good. That's a lot of it. I knew that, like, I knew it would be just based on reading your blog and just the little bit of communication we've had. Did Is there anything that, you, that we didn't touch on that you want to like make sure it's deeply God, there's so much stuff. I know and we can totally do this again like um oh yeah you what will you do tomorrow just... yeah you want this at the same time <laughs> yeah, same, same back channel um yeah oh, because perfect. I just feel like I feel like too this thing is it's not always gonna be I think already in like eight episodes or whatever it's already like transforming a little bit um like it's just not always gonna be like a bitch session about you know the faith you grew up in and, right. and how you were hurt and that kind of stuff. Like then, and that's important. Those conversations have to be had. I think so it's important. part of the journey. Um, but there's so much more to talk about too. So well, it's like, sort of the beginning of the story. Yeah. Like I feel like yeah. you kind of get a moment in the story and a lot of times it takes a while. Like you have to have that context you before do. you can get to the meat of it. And then yeah. you're like, Oh, <laughs> you have to know that it's okay to do that. Right. Yeah. You, know, you absolutely have to know that. But, um, but yeah, there's so much more. Yeah, God, there's so much more. It's an endless. We could go into. I mean, I didn't talk about Puff the Magic Dragon at all. <laughs> <laughs> all right, well, Puff is where we will start next <laughs> time. Really, really important. No, yeah, I, love I mean, it. I think I think ultimately. I didn't talk about Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> I have a whole thing. Well, I have a whole thing about literally everything. Um, <laughs> there's always a whole thing well I do I want people to be able to like find your writing and stuff too so let's let's make sure that you tell them where hi I'm Karen Thurston (laughs) um I this has been Karen Thurston this has been Karen Thurston I endorse this podcast um (laughs) and I write a blog called Girl of Cardigan which is a pun and a bad pun because no one gets it which I'm trying to get it right now so that I can like blow your mind but I can't what is it What's funny is I don't even know if this is really a true story (laughs) that I based my whole thing off of. But okay, so rumor has it, according to Wikipedia, um, that the Earl of Cardigan (laughs) is responsible for the cardigan sweater because he like didn't enjoy pulling sweaters over his head. So like at his behest, people put buttons on things. Um, so I was like, oh, I'll be wicked clever with my blog and I'll be the girl of Cardigan. And then like resounding crickets for 12 years (laughs) (laughs) throughout the land. I think one person in my life has ever been like, oh, like Earl of Cardigan. And I'm like, marry me immediately or don't because that doesn't always go well. But, um... (laughs) Maybe Everyone is good at something. We'll talk about that next time, too. Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, Girl of Cardigan is the name of the blog. Dot com? Or? Dot com, yeah, just okay. girlofcardigan.com. I'm also Girl of Cardigan on Instagram and Facebook and basically anywhere that you could be on the internet. Awesome. That is where you will find me. Um, I write a lot for parents and but also just for people, but a lot, I, I do a lot of stuff with babies and that's usually, um, so if you hate babies, <laughs> just know that going in. But listen, if you are like me and children scare you, 
<laughs> Meet Fable. You're like, no, you're, you're the perfect entry point because, yeah, you're a kid. Ugh. Yeah. She's awesome. Great. Let me be your gateway drug yeah. into the love of children. Yeah. And um, it's not that, like, I've ever hated children. I just really, like, it was just easier to not engage because it was hard. Yeah. But, like, I well, told Fable, I, was, I said this to her, I was like, you're going to introduce me to all your friends at Sojo, right? Like, you're going to get me in with the gang. Like <laughs> She will. She's so much cooler than me. And, like, come for me, stay for Fable. Like, that really is the, uh. <laughs> like, she's the, she's the thing. Now my blog has kind of transformed into just, like, what have I learned from Fable today? Oh, my God. She's um, fantastic. She's a miracle, and she will take your face in her hands and be like, I'm proud of you. And be like, I believe you. <laughs> Oh my god. So she's great. Yeah. Girl of Cardigan. Girl of Cardigan. That's me. That's where I am. Thank you so much, Karen. Thank you. This, this was awesome. fun. We had some good wine. We had we some did. good Unsung Hero Wine. Is that what it is? It's the Unsung Hero of Wines. This podcast is brought to you by Unsung Hero, Shiraz. Yeah. Am I saying that right? I always am self conscious about wine because I don't know anything about it. I don't know. Shiraz, I'm an eight, so I'll claim it. <laughs> wine of South Africa. Oh, great. Yeah. Do you want to know the one thing I know about wine? What's that? I know that if you're in. Oregon, and especially in the Willamette Valley, you drink Pinot Noir because it's the best Pinot Noir like region is right. Oregon. That's the only thing I know about wine. But like, if you talk that away, you can pretty much pretend you know stuff about wine. I like a good Pinot Noir. So Somebody's gonna email and be like, "That's completely false." <laughs> Please correct us and print a retraction. Thanks for listening to Heathen. I'll be back next week with a new guest. In the meantime. Take a minute to go follow Heathen on Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. The handle is at Heathen Podcast. And you can also visit the website at heathenpodcast.com to learn more about this project. Send your comments or questions, and maybe we'll talk about them on an upcoming episode. Lastly, if you like what you hear, I would love and appreciate your five-star review on iTunes. It makes a huge difference for a new podcast. I'm Matthew Blake. Here's to the heathens. Twenty-five thousand. It's done.